Hey, welcome along again to another basketball edition. Joined by Jimmy and Phil today. Phil, my mate, how's it going? G'day, Jimmy. It's going great, mate. Something. I'm quite excited to be talking about the trade deadline with you there, Phil. We had an exciting night in some form, but not as exciting as we were hoping. With um, seeing LeBron James with a Knicks towel, I was like, whoa, here we go. But uh, <laughs> it just seems to be a fly-by night, eh? It does. No, uh, I am always excited for the trade deadline, especially to all of the listeners out there that support a team that never makes the playoffs. It's uh, free agency and trade deadline are the two most exciting times of the year. So I was very pumped and there's always so many rumours and they never live up to the expectation. And they probably still didn't quite this year, but there were still quite a few trades that went down that I'm real keen to discuss with you, Jimmy. Yeah, mate. Well, let's kick into it. Uh, quarter one, what we'll be talking about is the trade deadline, of course. Quarter two, we're just going to be talking about who won the trade window, who lost the trade window, who had special commendations, because we feel some NBA teams there have done quite well of the trade window, but not as well as we'd hope. The full bar, let's kick into it. Let's get it. Mm. Going to talk the trade window today here with your Phil. First things first, mate. Let's get into it. Right, so it started off quite uh, softly a couple of days ago, I guess you could say. There were a couple of low-level moves that were made, but I guess they're worth mentioning. Uh, so the Jazz traded Fontecchio to the Pistons. So the Pistons are one of those teams that had to do something. So nothing really major with teams that aren't really moving the meter in terms of playoff potential. But, you know, the, the Jazz picked up Kevin Knox. I think he could be a contributor. But uh, let's let's quickly move ahead. Uh, the Celtics traded for Tillman from the Grizzlies. Um, I think that's a really good trade for the Celtics. They needed to add some big men depth. What do you think about that one? Yeah, a bit of muscle, eh? And, and I feel from time to time they do lack that almost tough guy presence and around the rim especially, but also on defense having that extra wing is always handy. The Celtics seem a team that's always been a player short over the years, especially when it comes to playoffs and they've been found out a lot. So it's good there to see them make a good move like that. Tillman will offer a, a lot more out there. And they gave up nothing. They gave up nothing for him. So ever since they lost Robert Williams, they, you know, they've lost a bit of size there. Um, the Wolves then jumped into the uh, market and they, they claimed a, a backup point guard, Monte Morris, from the Pistons. Again, Pistons make another move. They received Troy Brown, Shake Milton, second rounder. Uh, and then basically immediately after that trade, the Pistons won a game, which is just such a rarity in this season. Think that of which you will, <laughs> but there we go. But then I think the sort of the first significant trade that really t um, took place was Buddy Heald going to the Sixers from the Pacers uh, for Cork Mars, who's subsequently been waived, Marcus Morris, and three future second rounders. Yeah, good move. Buddy Hield, I think he's been one that's been shopped around, uh, been in the middle of the shop floor for a long time, and everyone's going, we want him, but what are we going to get him for? And I think this almost felt like a bit of an undersell, and I, I feel there that the 76ers might have got away with one with this trade, because Buddy Hield could be anything. Hilarious, because there, were, there was chat that the Lakers wanted him, and there was rumours of multiple first-round picks. <laughs> and it basically ended up being three second rounders and Marcus Morris. So hilarious. Um, the Raptors then came into the scene and they traded for Alinek and Oche Agbaji from the Jazz. I, th I quite like that move. Again, I'm not really sure what's going on there because the Raptors 
sort of, I guess, they're in a longish term um, rebuild. They're not quite contending. What do you think, Jimmy? Getting Canadians back, eh? So getting <laughs> um, we're Who's gonna... left? Who's left for them to require? Dylan Books, SGA, and Andrew Wiggins. So uh, yeah. what will happen in a free agency? What will happen next trade window? We don't know, but could you imagine Team Canada coming in and putting the pressure on all these other NBA teams, which, hey, they're up there. Were they world champions? They were, I don't think they won it, but they were very competitive. Mm. Yeah, I think it's not a, it wouldn't be a bad team, but yeah, uh, quite unlikely, especially the SGA um, side of things. Uh, there's look, There was a pretty in- inconsequential trade with the Pistons and the Sixers. Daniel House ended up getting um, waived, I think, anyway. So moving on to one of the next needle movers, the, the Hornets did something. Um, they traded uh, Gordon Hayward to the Thunder for Vasily Miocic, Trey Mann, Davis Batans, and draft compensation. So I, I like this trade. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think both teams win this trade. And I, I'm really, really stoked with uh, Trey Mann going to the Hornets, I think. Mm. Having, having a good backup ball handler is going to make a massive difference to to the Hornets. And I think as well, the Hornets also needed to move Hayward's contract on. I think his veteran presence for OKC is going to be a benefit. So both those teams there, I feel, have won that trade. And I think, they're hey, the Hornets there are planning for the future. And if it's a Trey Man, a Brandon Miller and Mellow Ball partnership, then good on them. Good on them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely like it. We talked in an earlier pod about the Thunder needing some vet help, and I think Gordon definitely helps there. They still need some big man help, but I think he's a great veteran presence. Then then we move on to another sort of, I think, a decent move. The The Mavs acquired Daniel Gafford from the Wizards for Rashawn Holmes, and actually in a 24 first rounder. So the Mavs needed big man help, and this was the first of the two moves, significant moves that they made, and I think it was good them one thing i was real gutted about though i really wanted bobby portis to go to the mavs just because i would have thought it, it would have been a cool little mix i just think he's a great character but hey good on the bucks for not getting rid of him and and i saw there as well they put up the starting five and they reckon they're going to move uh derek lively to power forward instead of playing center which another interesting move um very interesting move very interesting move i'll just skip over the next trade just so that we can touch on the next mavs move um, they traded for PJ Washington. There'd been talks about moving away from trading for Kuz. I think the Wiz wanted too much for him. Um, so they ended up picking up PJ from the Hornets for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, in a top two protected 27 first rounder. Oh, I love this trade for both teams. I love PJ. I'm sad to see him go, but um, it's great for his career, great for the Mavs, and the Hornets get Seth Curry. Dell, our color commentator, gets one of his boys. Back. Yeah. I think I think that's neat. Grant Williams, he's got three or four years left on his contract, but I think he could be a great contributor, floor spacer for Lamelo Ball, and we get our first round pick in a couple of years. So I think I think that's nice. Yeah, it's another win win trade. I mean, you look back over it in the years to come. Williams is a great defender, and he, and he also does the simple things right. And I think the Hornets did need that consistent presence in the team. And again, it's just another smart move with a, a good veteran that's going to be able to have a good voice in the locker room and a good move for PJ as well. The, the Mavericks um, will get another scoring option, which Luca needed, and also it's good for his career and good for both teams. It's almost like that Sacramento Kings paces move. It was it doesn't seem like a major move, 
but I think it's a major move that's going to come up years down the track. We'll be saying how good was that for both of these teams. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it was awesome that the Hornets, I mean, they traded Rozier to the Heat, they traded PJ to the Mavs and they've traded Gordon Hayward to the Thunder. That's basically three starters. Um, so full, a big reboot, rebuild move that they needed to do. Now the, the biggest winner and probably the, the biggest trade of the deadline, the Knicks, they, the Knicks made some moves. They traded for, uh, Burks and Bogdanovich from the Pistons, and they got rid of Evan Fournier, who was garbage. Uh, Ryan Arsindia Kono, excuse my pronunciation, I think he just broke a, a league record for 20 consecutive games with no points. I mean, something like that. It's all over the internet today. Um, yeah, that'd be a bit harsh, isn't it? It's like, I've been traded for doing nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Malachi Flynn, Quinton Grimes, two future second rounders and cash considerations. So the Knicks needed help and they got it. That takes us to our last couple of trades there, Phil. The first one there is the Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young to the Nets for um, Spencer Dinwiddie and then, or Dinwiddle, and then Dinwiddle has been uh, waived. <laughs> yeah, poor old Dinwiddie. He's going to be, he's going to be on the buyout market. Someone's going to snap him up quick smart, but. By the sounds of it, he phoned it in at the Nets and basically had, had given up. He's got a bit of a reputation, I think, as well for some of his attitudes and, and behaviours, so it'll be interesting to see who picks him up. Yeah, well, and same with Schroeder as well. He's that player, and I think I've touched on this a couple of times, where his attitude far outweighs his abilities on the court sometimes, and I think there he's more of a liability for a club, and I'm glad there that the Raptors moved him on. Um, and I think it gives other guys opportunities like Emmanuel quickly. I'd like to see him get more game time and have a little bit more consistent play out there. So I think it's the right move um, for him as well to go on to another club, a, a journeyman in Schroeder. So that's a good move. What other trades did you have, mate? I've got the Suns traded for Royce O'Neal from the Nets. Good wing help. And big body David Roddy from the Grizzlies. Uh, I think that thought that was a great trade. They gave up a future pick swap. And Utah, um, Watanabe, Watanabe. So I don't think they actually had to give up much. And then the Nets traded away three future second round picks and some salaries to be determined. So again, I think it's from a Suns point of view, they've just helped add some extra depth to their team. They were a contending team that needed help. And then lastly, uh, Pat Bev to the Bucks. Some hilarious commentary around this, uh, especially with the history he has with Dame Lillard. Um, but I think. He's he's the dog that the Bucks needed in the in the backcourt, and they gave up Campaign, who has been not doing heck of a much of nothing in a second rounder in twenty twenty seven. So I think picking up Pat Bev um, was a great move for the Bucks. Pat Bev is a bit of a pest, so massively, he, he will make a big difference, and hopefully he continues to do his podcast work and talk because I, I love hearing his comments on things as well. He's quite funny, big time. Bring us into quarter two. Let's talk about who was the biggest winner in the trade window. It's interesting because I guess there's a couple of different ways that you can look at it. Winners are usually designated as the team that needed to make a move to help them with their playoff hopes and desires. But then also I think a winner can be a team that's that's rebuilding and needed to move contracts or they needed to pick up assets. And so I think for that reason, I think the obvious winner is probably the Knicks. But I think the Mavs actually... The Mavs actually, in a very close second, made some really 
like needed moves. PJ Washington has been balling for the Hornets this year, and he's going to add a much needed 20 plus point scorer to a team that basically was relying solely and wholly on Luther and Kyrie. So I think that's massive for the Mavs and also getting some big man help because basically it was just Derek Lively Jr. or Derek Lively the second as, as a rookie doing all of that big man help. It's all the big man work. So getting Daniel Gafford, that, that was a big for a, for a team that's, that's really trying to contend. Yeah, I think across the board, most of the teams have improved and improved well and agree with your point with the Mavericks. And, and I, feel, I feel the Knicks have done exceedingly well with what they've done, getting Bogart and Bogdanovich. Like, I mean, any team that was going to get him had, had a win in the trade. Yep. Uh, definitely with what they've done as well, getting OG and OB in that team, he's going to add so much defense to, to the Knicks. Uh, Julius Randle's out injured at the moment. Having Bogart coming in and being that cover is going to be massive. And especially around playoff time, if you're having a game where they're struggling to score, he's going to make a massive difference. And he's a veteran presence as well. With the Mavs agree on you, now they've got more scoring options. Like, how good is that to be able to find 20 points when you need it and when the team is struggling? And I think they've got the right mix now. They've got that big man presence that's going to create the more options for them, more scoring options for Luca, more scoring options for Kyrie. And then PJ is going to have a bit of freedom as well with getting open shots from Luca and Kyrie. Like, how good is that? And he might you go will... 30, mate. Well, exactly. And I think, yeah, in the past couple of years, his, his shooting percentages dropped off a little bit, but you could largely look at the fact that the offensive load has fallen on him. He played all of last season basically without Miles Bridges and, and LaMelo Ball. Those were the Hornets' two main scorers. And so he's going to go find himself in a Mavs team that has incredible spacing because Luke is going to command double teams. Kyrie often does as well. And, you know, he's this athletic guy. He's a small forward. He can play for power forward and center because he's had to at the Hornets. They haven't had much big man help, especially with injuries. So everyone's talking Knicks and they probably won the trade deadline before the trade deadline, as we mentioned with the quickly and um, OG trade. And so the, the Knicks definitely did really, really well. They're a big market team, so they always get lots of chat about them anyway. But I think, yeah, I really like this. I really like the Mavs moves. Yeah, and I think finally the Knicks have made that they've got, there's one player I think they missed, and that was getting Jordan Clarkson, which I was a bit disappointed if I think, if they added him, that's a dog squad right there. Um, He's a heater as well. He's an absolute heater. Yeah, but good moves all around, and I I think for them, hopefully they're going to go deep in the playoffs, maybe second round. (laughs) I think that's about as far as they're going to go. I don't think it's a total championship contender, but they will upset some teams. But I think, Mavericks definitely now are a contender with what they've got, especially in the in the West. They're going to cause problems, and it'd be cool to see a Nuggets uh, Mavs final on the Western Conference final. But time will tell. Special mentions in in this trade window. I think one team there that's had a bit of a, a little sneaky trade window um, is the Rockets. So they've added Stephen Adams, and even though Adams is out injured this season, which you know it's a bit sad. It's good that he's in the Rockets because when he comes back, that team's going to be balling. They're going to be contending and they've got some big, big bigs that are going to cause trouble when it comes down to crunch time. And then Dylan Brooks can just stand it halfway and then you bring Stephen Adams and hold his hand and say, get him, Steve. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
hold me back, Steve. So <laughs> how that goes. Um, that was one of the teams there that I thought was a sneaky um, under-the-radar team in this trade window. What about you? I think the Thunder did well with picking up um, Haywood. Uh, I think they, prob- they probably gave up more than most people expected, to be fair. Uh, but they, they really needed to get some veteran help. And Haywood has actually been pretty playing pretty well this year, and he's he's a playmaker. Um, he's a scorer. He can get his own shot, but he's also a good playmaker, and I think that's something that's going to be really useful for a really young team. Uh, you know, they want someone who can create, and they want someone who can get their own shot, and I think that's that's something he can do. And he's, you know, he's a veteran. He's been in playoff teams with the Celtics. With, you know, with he had a little bit of success at the Jazz. Unfortunately, his tenure at the Hornets didn't go that well. But, you know, coming off the back of that pretty significant injury that he had at the Celtics, he lost a lot of athleticism. And he's never been one that's had to rely on his, on his athleticism, but it's definitely has hampered his game. And then also, yeah, I just like the move for the Hornets as well. They picked up some future talent. They picked up a couple of future assets, a couple of picks. And, you know, they didn't really give up much. If, if anything, gave up guys, allowed them to have an opportunity for playoff teams, which I think is to be commended. Now, in terms of losers, Jimmy, I think there are two really significant losers, maybe three. My biggest loser is the Chicago Bulls. Um, they haven't made single trade in three years. Now, it is mind-boggling because they gave up so much future draft capital to pick up Vucevic. And that hasn't really turned into much. I love Vooch. I think he's a great player. But unfortunately, that hasn't translated. They have DeRozan, Caruso, and Levine, which a lot of teams are coveting. That the, te- the team's constructed two years ago was a playoff contender. But as it stands, they're, they're struggling to make the play-in tournament. So it's kind of like, like, what are you guys doing? You're not contending. You've, you haven't traded away any of your assets to pick up future capital draft capital what are you doing yeah unbe flipping leaveable that's <laughs> bulls i'm not a bull supporter but man i feel bad for them like mm. there's so much opportunity to turn that team into something and to be a genuine playoff contender but you know firstly they're poorly coached um secondly they they had plenty of opportunity to make some moves and they've got plenty of depth to make really good moves to get some good players around that club and they've just done nothing with it bitterly disappointed i'd give them a out of 10 mate i'll give them a one out of 10 and they were zero out of 10 because they made no moves chicago bulls need to give themselves an uppercut and start thinking about what they're going to be doing into the future moving into the probably the second loser every trade deadline there is the lakers seem to be linked to every every player available if it's 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 honestly it is just so painful the lakers are going to do this the lakers are going to do that no one feels sorry for the lakers and no one thinks the lakers need to do anything other than lakers fans not to throw too much hate but just just a little bit so probably lebron james is probably another big loser here in terms of the lakers not really doing anything and maybe it's because the hawks wanted too much for Dejounte. i'm not sure yeah, the Lakers are big losers. Yeah, big time. And surprised there that they didn't make any moves. But also, I wish there was a filter on social media to stop the chatter coming through about the Lakers. Unfortunately, there's not. Another like sneaky loser there that I had as well was the 
Rovers. I am very disappointed there that they made no move for a young point guard. And I think they're the Mr. Troke. Are they waiting for the free agent window? Maybe. But I think there that old Popovich might have lost his uh, rag on that one. Yeah, I think Tyus Jones, the Wizards, was up for grabs. And, you know, the Wizards, by all rights, are sellers. You know, they sold Gafford. You know, they probably wanted too much for, for coups. But yeah, I think you're right there. I think they, Spurs, lost the trick. Thank you for listening to us on Basketball Edition. Make sure there to follow us on the socials, basketball underscore edition underscore WMSA or Where's My Sports At or WMSA Podcasts on Instagram as well. Follow both. Uh, like, subscribe, follow us on TikTok. We've got some little short videos that we like doing from time to time. And if you've got any ideas that you want to come in and share with us. Yeah, awesome. Love it. Love it, Jimmy. Till next time, my friend. We are here. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to the Basketball Edition podcast. Please make sure to follow us on our socials, basketball underscore edition underscore WMSA. And if you are wanting to have a chat with us, please send us a message and we'll get back in touch with you. Make sure to follow us on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, all good podcasting streaming channels. Thank you.